Ali Fon Center Studio. It's a Bill King show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Hot is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's a Bill King show. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. everything we missed yesterday because of the weather so we're tightened up a little bit happy thursday good to be back here is the guesting on this thursday edition blake Rafino in about 15 minutes yes usually with us on wednesdays blake will be here shortly down in louisiana tj Yes, T.J. Pittenger in his customary Thursday location, top of hour number two. Griff. Remember, Griff was a no-go on Tuesday, traveling down to Mobile, Alabama, Senior Bowl, all of that. Griff, about 20 minutes into hour two, and Charles Arbuckle, who we had on Tuesday, except we didn't have him on Tuesday. He couldn't make it. He had a meeting. Buck with us, top of our three. Hopefully I can get all that in. Oh, oh, and later today, after the show, I begin the new route with Kevin Hagan, which is to tape him, which will be heard tomorrow morning on the Friday edition of the show, about 20 minutes into hour number two. Hope I didn't scramble everything up there and make it confusing. I probably did. 615-844-5600 if you'd like to check in. 615-844-5600 on Twitter, at Bill is King. You can email the show, BillIsKing7 at gmail.com. That's how you get through to us. All those various routes to the show. Well... One thing we didn't miss was Wednesday signing day. No, we were not on the air yesterday, but we didn't miss anything. It's not like that day has any excitement at all to it compared to the way it used to be. Now, there were some juicy tidbits. Nicholas Harbor, who is an absolute freak, 
beast, any way you want to describe him, out of the D.C. area, did end up, and I was worried for South Carolina there because Oregon was in it, and he had visited there, and we know Oregon can throw all kinds of stuff at you in this current ridiculous business model we're in under the unpoliced NCAA. And again, more power to Oregon. Yeah, more power to them. But I was worried. Last minute, I was worried for South Carolina and Baby Beamer there that they would lose him. Not that he was committed, but but that they would lose the battle for this. They list him as an athlete, and I think that's the right way to do it. I, I would assume they're going to use him as a hybrid receiver tight end. Let me give you this guy, his dimensions. He is 6'5", about 220, and he is literally at that size now, 6'5", 220, Olympic speed as an athlete. He's got Olympic speed and is a threat to be in the Olympics at some point in his life at that size. And he's rated a five-star, one of the top 20 players in America. Baby Beamer gets that done. That's a big get for them. I was talking yesterday with Mr. Sherbert, Mr. J.C. Sherbert, who's got the South Carolina site. You've heard him on this show through the years many, many times. He said what? South Carolina is doing, and you know, everybody's got their areas where if you get hot in those areas, you keep recruiting them, right? Whatever school you're at, maybe maybe you're in such a good state, you don't have to do a lot of that. Georgia is in a fantastic state, and in this class, they've gone all over the place to get players. And they've done that through the years, too. But if they wanted to, they could just stay home and take in players. South Carolina can't do that. South Carolina is a, a decent state when it comes to producing players, but not enough volume there. And you've got Clemson over there and whoever else trying to dip in that state. But J.C. was saying they go up to the D.C., Maryland area, and they feel like they may have started a pipeline. Now, I've told you many years, if somebody could go up in there, up and down that eastern seaboard, and start taking the majority of the talent, the upper-level talent. You've got a problem for a lot of other places. There's so much talent through that corridor up the eastern seaboard all the way through the North Carolina, Virginia, D.C., Maryland, on up. It's it's sick. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a seemingly limitless supply of talent. And, and South Carolina is not, not dominating it, but they are penetrating it better. And I think they think that they have found something. So that was a big get for them. Now, Deuce Robinson, let's go out west. He's in Phoenix. It's probably down to Georgia and Oregon for him. He says he's not going to sign, at least yet. At least yet. Now, he is another freaky player. Different than Nicholas Harbor over in D.C. He's 6'5", 6'6", about 220, 225. Similar size-wise. But this kid is also considered potentially a high Major League Baseball pick. Now, 
I'm not at all comparing. I'm not seeing this kid play baseball, okay? I'm just saying that I've seen articles that they compare physically him to. You ready? Now, again, not at all saying he's this, but they're just saying physically Aaron Judge. And he's got that to weigh in. Obviously, baseball hadn't even started. Now, they're out there, I'm sure, practicing now and that good weather out that way. But that's something that he has said, I've got to consider. i got to think that out. And he's also considered a five-star tight end. Yeah, he's listed, and he is a college football tight end. And I don't know that anybody's doing the tight end thing better than Georgia right now. I'd say Notre Dame's up there, but I don't know that anybody's doing it better than Georgia in the given moment, right? We'll see. We'll see what happens. But as of right now, he is not signing. Those are the two bigger names. There's other little items that are out there, but those are the ones that stood out to me on Buzzkill Wednesday, which would be signing day. Yeah. Such a freaking buzzkill. I didn't seriously. I didn't even. I didn't watch any. Were they covering it on ESPN and everything? I didn't even. I wasn't even paying attention. If they did, Allen and Tampa said, "Bill, this is pretty funny." That Nicholas Harbor kid, he'll do one year at South Carolina and then he'll transfer to Florida State. That is. That is something <laughs> that's been happening. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Georgia Dog said, Bill, did you see this? Mark Pantone, a guy I've known. I've known Mark Pantone a, uh, for, for quite a few years. And he is the director of personnel for Ohio State. Says Ohio State may pull out of recruiting national players earlier if their recruitments are focused on NIL while recruiting regionally is becoming a bigger priority. I've seen Jay Book talk about this. Yeah, I've seen Jay Book talk about this. He doesn't think that Ohio State's collective is where it ought to be. And he doesn't think that they're getting off their butts to get that remedy. Now, if you're Ohio State, why would you not have a big bat? And they do have a collective, and they they do have resources. Ohio State's a mighty place okay so don't get my angle wrong here it's more at least the perception is that they just don't want to get in that big messy game on the messiest of levels and you know what at Ohio State you might not need to I I kind of get Ohio State's angle I don't know if this is exactly their angle But if I am a personnel guy for a college and it's a strong, big, bad 
muscular football entity. And all I'm dealing with is dudes coming at me saying, what do you got? How much? And I don't blame the dudes because that's where we're at. If that's what they want to do, fine, okay? But that would be a turnoff. That would be. Again, I, I don't. I'm not trying to make anybody a bad guy here. If players are wanting stuff, good. That's fine. I don't like the system we're in. I think it's despicable. But that's not their fault. Okay. They're taking advantage of the situation we're in right now. I don't blame them for that. I'm just saying, if I'm a personnel guy like Mark Pantone, and I'm dealing with time after time pitting me against somebody else based on what I can get them from the collective. Even though you're not supposed to be involved. We all know that's a joke, too. That would kind of get gross, right? It would. It would be, to me, it would be a turnoff. I know you have to you have to deal with it, but it would get old really fast. So I get what Antoni may be saying here. I do. No, I totally get it. We'll take the break when we come back. Mr. Blake Rapino down in the boot. He'll join us. I'm the Nashville Hotel. Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three cheese blend to make our delicious Mac and top it with chopped hand breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal, both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards. What happens to your decision making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more, and calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four-day-old macaroni. The bottom line, drunk you doesn't make great decisions. So you're risking a DUI or worse if you count on him to get you home. Plan before you party. Get home safe. Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Catch your Grizzlies Sunday at 5 when they take on the Toronto Raptors for their annual Faith and Family Night. Faith and Family Night features a post-game worship service with Bluff City praise led by Effie Johnson, as well as a faith-based Q&A conversation with Grizzlies forward Jake Laravia. Grab your tickets by visiting grizzlies.com or calling 901-888-HOOP today. From Nashville's home for the Memphis Grizzlies, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all areas. Actual Pie customer. As a small business, we're always looking for ways that we can offer the quality product and get some cost savings. Meet Michelle from J.J. Fister Distilling Company, a small business in California. When looking for workers' comp coverage tailored to the company's needs, she discovered Pie Insurance. We heard about Pie Insurance being geared for a small business, gave Pie a call, and ended up switching. Is your small business overpaying for workers' comp? 
Comp Insurance? See how much you can save at IWantPie.com. Plus, when you sign up for pay-as-you-go billing, your premium is based on your actual payroll, not an estimate, so your workers' comp audit experience is simplified. We saved about 30% off of our workers' comp insurance when we switched to Pi. It's as easy as Pi to get the savings you deserve. What are you waiting for? Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote in three minutes at IWantPi.com. That's IWantPie.com. much fun on a radio show fun within prescribed limits every weekday afternoon two to four live on wnsr national sports radio it's the mcfarland show darren mcfarland and justin mcfarland a show that's genuine it's real it's fun it's passionate and we welcome your phone calls original opinions weekdays two to four what's the mcfarland show listen live on wnsr nashville sports radio world's largest indoor cocktail party the bill king show Days. It's Thursday, I understand. We had a little problem yesterday. Blake, I don't think you get the ice like we may get sometimes up north this way. No, we don't, Bill. We just pour fireball on the ground and we're all good to go. That's I had I had some. I just didn't have enough to get me in. So anyways, yeah, Blake Rafino. I, mean, I mean when you drink it when you drink it, Bill, you're not gonna be able to get the ice off the road. I mean it's a very <laughs> big conundrum. That's right. Any Wednesday signing day, which I laugh at that term now, but anything happening down that direction? Absolutely nothing. Literally. Absolutely nothing. They went after a defensive tackle and nose tackle in Jamel Howard that wind up going to Wisconsin, but Bill, they really weren't on him like that. Um, no, I mean, they entertained, they continued to entertain Nicholas Harbor and I mean, he didn't really entertain LSU there at the end. So, from a recruiting aspect, Bill, the only thing that, you know, when you talk to staff, the only thing that they're talking about is getting ready for spring practice, which, Bill, doesn't really, you know, it's not going to be that long before it really starts. So, I think that they knew for a while that they were done with this recruiting class. I still think that they're going out there a center. Uh, but other than that, no, I think they feel they're pretty much locked in. Something that just hit me, not really relevant, but has anybody nailed down? I've seen a million different tweets that either the next portal window, I always thought was May 1 to May 15 with these new rules, but I see a lot of people reporting April 15th through the 30th. Not that it matters, but does anybody know which one's right? I I don't I, I I thought it was I thought it was May first and May fifteenth. But have you noticed that too? I have noticed that. I, Bill, can I tell you something that I probably shouldn't say on air, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
I really don't even know what what's going on sometimes. <laughs> like I like I really don't because so many things change so frequently. I, I just don't know anymore. And then, Bill, you got people telling me that kids can't commit until like or or enroll in classes if they commit to a school, and, and like until ten days after they signed their financial aid waiver. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It, it's just ridiculous. Like, Bill, we knew that Omar Spates, the linebacker, he had signed to be at LSU for five days, and nobody understood why he had to wait to announce. It's, it's kind of it's stupid, if I'm being honest. And we'll see what happens this spring. Yeah, whenever that window is, May 1 to May 15, let's just say, there could be some other players that get disenchanted in the spring, so who knows what will happen there. Yeah, and, and you know, Bill, I mean, I think that there's still going to be some quarterbacks that possibly move. Um, but other than some, like, bigger pieces, I don't I don't know. I Maybe there will be a lot of kids, but I don't know if they're, Bill, they're going to be big-name kids that we're, that we're used to. I think a lot of teams have settled in here. Now, I could be wrong. Um but we'll see. I, I mean, look, I think LSU. I think LSU is an example. Is a center away from really locking up their offensive line, which they've never really done. They didn't do it under Webb. They didn't do it really a lot under Ed Orgeron. I, Brian Kelly's been here for 14 months, and their offensive line's better, and I think has more potential than what we've ever seen. I mean, Bill, they got three five-star offensive linemen that are in there, and. I don't ever remember that happening. Those kids either wind up going to Bama or some or Auburn or somewhere else. You know, so kudos to them, man. They're doing a good job up front. There's a chance that this next year coming up, after starting two true freshman offensive tackles, there's a chance a true freshman old lineman gets a start this year. True, right? Yeah, Zalanter, the five-star, I think he starts at right tackle. I think you move Emory Jones, the freshman All-American, the right guard. And then, Bill, I think you're you're cooking with grease. If he can do anything of what those two freshmen did a year ago, um, which I think he's going to be better suited to play right tackle than what Emory Jones did a year ago, he really reminds me a lot of Orlando Brown in a lot of ways, me and Zalanter. Got quick feet, but Billy just blocks out the sun, you know. I mean, kids. He's a big kid. I think he can play left tackle if you want, if you needed him to. Uh, but I think to start off, he's going to start off at right tackle. And Bill, they're they're returning everybody offensively outside of Keishawn Booty, who led the country in drop percentage. They're returning everybody, and I don't think that losing Keishawn has been that big of a deal, quite honestly. So. You know, Bill, they broke a record for most touchdowns in the season in a running game. How crazy is that when Les Miles used to be their head coach? That is insane. So, now you return everybody. There's some things they got to do, I think, offensively, but I think they'll be okay. It's going to be interesting. Is anybody paying attention to basketball down there? Not a lick. (laughs) Not one, not a lick. I mean, women's basketball, yes, but not a lick, Bill. I mean, we they they could they could absolutely care less about men's basketball at the current moment. That's what I was that's what I was thinking. 
and baseball two weeks from tomorrow, Blake, is when we get going. Uh, what, what was that, Bill? He kind of broke up. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Baseball, we are two weeks out as of tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, Bill. I mean, Paul Skeens, Bill, look, this kid Paul Skeens is going to be something serious. Uh, I mean, we're, I'm going out to the scrimmage, I think, Friday, um, kind of watching them. Bill, I think, you know, and talk, when you talk with scouts, can Tennessee, this could be the most, when Tennessee and LSU tee it up, this could be the best, the most talented college baseball game that you've ever seen. And they're not joking when they say that. So I think baseball, I mean, what you're about, close to 14 weeks away, or 14 days away, I, I think that a lot of people are really anticipating the season um, and, really, and not even really caring about basketball. Bill, we can't, I couldn't go. Bill, I started the show last night, two shows last night. I couldn't go 10 minutes without everybody wanting to change the subjects to baseball. So I think a lot of people are just anticipating. They want to get back to relevancy. They want to get back to um, getting to Omaha. And so they're pretty fired up. They're really fired up for what's going to happen in a couple Fridays. T.J. Pittenger is going to be with us top of hour two. Wants to know if you are going to Orlando to party with them. Um, is he paying me? Is he paying? Can I come stay at your house, TJ? Now I'm poor, man. You know, tell TJ I'm poor. Yeah, um, Bill, uh, the reason I didn't go to the one last, you know, the one in New Orleans, I mean, obviously we were about to have a baby, but I might, I might talk about a game, though, Bill. TJ's my guy. But talk about a game. That, that is one of the bigger matchups, week one matchups that we've had competitive wise. I mean, Bill, do you, do you agree that? That might be one of the most competitive week one matchups that we've had in a while. It really reminds me of LSU Oregon in that in that 2011 season. Yeah. Now, remember, we were all hyped up. What was that? 16 when it was Alabama, Florida State, and that just blew to pieces. That was not. Oh uh, yeah, their quarterback got hurt pretty bad too. What was right. I forget his name? But then he, he tore his ACL or something like that. That was their downfall there for a minute. Yeah that that opener. Because you talk about two veteran, red-hot quarterbacks. You talk about offenses that really came into their own. And you're talking about two teams, two programs that absolutely get after it in the portal. There's a lot of common thread here in this game. Right. Well, I I tell you what, Florida State, to their credit, they've done really good. You know, I know that LSU – you know, part of the services has the number one transfer portal class, but man, I don't know, Bill. Florida State—they've gotten some really good. I think the Brady Fisk kid, Bill, when I watch, because I know LSU was on him. That kid can really play. That kid can really play. And then they got uh, the Cypress kid, the DB. They, they're going to be something. To, they're going to be something to deal with. That's a that's a big time matchup week one. I, you know, the only the, Bill, I, if I'm just being truthful, I'm glad that LSU lost last year in a sense because now you go in here and you really know that you've got to pay attention to them. Florida State's not a pushover, so I don't know. It's going to be a it's going to be a tough one, it's, and you're going on the road. But you know, what's funny is both teams in the season playing in the cheesy ball. I guess Bill will finally find out who is the cheesiest when they square off week one. <laughs> 
Blake Rafino with us. Blake, back to young offensive linemen. You played offensive line all the way up. For yep. a freshman, and I've, I've talked about this for decades, but I want you, since you lived it, I know there's a physical demand that you're not used to, but, but what's the biggest challenge for a young offensive lineman to break in and play? I don't know, Bill. If you're really, really good, like, I mean, like, if you're a really good prospect, yes, the physicality is a very big deal. It really is a very, it is a big deal. But you wouldn't be starting or playing coming in if you weren't physically, a lot of times, more physically ready than most. Yeah. You know, the game just moves so fast. Okay? It moves, it just, getting up to the second level, in a run game, if you, especially if you're in zone blocking schemes, getting up to that middle backer is, a, is the most difficult thing that you'll ever do. How, you know, learning a new playbook, learning the checks, learning the reads. You know, for myself, playing center, learning where protections are coming from. There are a lot of times, Bill, that you've never seen a third, not even a third of what teams are throwing at you. You know, I remember there was a um, Mississippi State, I think, they're really well known for doing the double A gap blitz, and then but they would drop both of their backers out, and you had and basically, Bill, you just had to decide. And, and I'll be honest with you, I just chose. I had no idea what I was doing, but they disguised it so well that you really didn't know what guy was going to be sent, what guy they were going to drop back, and you just got that. Just goes back to how much film you have to watch to know the tendencies of each and every guy that you're going up against. You know, Fletcher Cox was a guy that he started as a freshman, but physically he was just so much more ready to go than everybody else around him that obviously we see what he's doing now. But as much as it is physically, Bill, I would say 90% of it's a lot of mental, because a lot of times if you're in that position already, you're already physically ready to go. That's just my opinion. But getting your footwork down, getting your steps down. I... Blake Rafino is with us each and every Wednesday, but we were not available yesterday because of the weather, so he's with us this morning. Hey, Blake, we're going to let you run, buddy. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Bill. Go Tigers. There he is. Blake Rafino.